0: to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network.
1: It's the
2: podcast
1: in the Broadcast Basement.
2: Broadcastbasement.com listening to Windy City Slam a little bit later on this afternoon than normal but that's okay it's all for a good reason we've got an excellent guest for you today we're also going to talk a lot about Survivor Series uh, Undertaker basically deciding that's it but we all kind of knew that was coming were you shocked Michael when you saw the Undertaker say I'm done no I think at this point I'm not shocked I mean I think it was
0: about time for him and uh I, I think he's finally come to grips with, uh, you know, he, it's time he's, he's taken enough beatings in the ring and uh, wear and tear on his body. And uh, he even said on his uh, second interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin, which debuted last night on WWE Network following Survivor Series, that he feels good that it's time. Time is right. And uh, he uh, he's happy with it.
2: Yeah. Now, you know what? The thing was, we said it ourselves. We were like, yeah, this is it. You could kind of tell. The writing was on the wall, and you don't know when wrestling is going to actually come back into the form that would give him the proper send-off, so you might as well do it on a pay-per-view, do a little pop in circumstance, let him come out, let him move on. There's not very much left for him to do, and I don't know when he's going to be able to actually do normal, regular, in front of a crowd wrestling. I mean, you know, I mean, even the greatest optimist still looks at this as about six months away before you could start packing crowds in. If, if everything goes well with these vaccines they're talking about. So it, it makes sense for him at this age and this stage of his life to say, that's it. I'm done. Do you want to introduce our, our guest? Cause I want to bring him in right away. Cause he, even when we talk about survivor series, he's going to be a good guy to talk to.
0: Yes, indeed. I'm very excited about this guest. Um, We kind of touched base with each other a couple of weeks ago uh, on Facebook, I'm so happy to have, and it's a really, really a pleasure to introduce a guy who's been in the business for 30 years. Uh, He started out with Windy City Wrestling. He's uh, taken the tour around the Chicago Independent Scene. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: Trevor Blanchard. (laughs) Good afternoon, Mike. Chris. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you jumping out and joining us for the next half hour. Um... So before we even get into what's going on with you and your life, and wow, that was a lot of cheering. They've they've changed that that sound on me. <laughs> before we get into what's I mean, going on forever. Uh, before we get into what's going on with you, uh, what was your impression first off with Survivor Series, since we were just talking about The Undertaker retiring? About time probably that he hung it up, right?
1: Um, I mean, what else does he have left to prove and do? To be honest, with you. now now I was watching it, watching the pay-per-view with both of my boys and Jimmy Blaze and a couple of other play people. And one of the things, you know, when everybody was being introduced and coming out and I, I, I'm not sure why they didn't stay out there, much like when they did the send off for Flair. Everybody stayed out there and then everybody was actually, you know, on the stage and, and, and along the rampway. Um, but whatever they they decided to do that. There was talk of possibly Sting coming out and point you pointing the bat like one final match at WrestleMania, Sting versus Undertaker, because that's never been done. But obviously, that didn't happen.
2: I don't know. I mean, I feel like the the possibility in my mind of what that match would have been like in their heyday. I would rather keep that than watch the two of them try to do something. I, maybe I just maybe I need to have more faith in the two of them. But I I, I I'm just like you know let that I'm, be a dream match that I think about.
1: I would I would rather allow that one to play out than the one with Goldberg over yeah. that was overseas. Yeah,
2: that's for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, no no offense against Bill because I know Bill, but it's like oh my god I saw that and I was like oh my god. <laughs> You know, it, it was just wow, it was that was pretty bad, pretty bad.
0: Yeah, Bill had, Bill had to be dinged up when he did that, tried to do the um, chat camera on Undertaker. Well, I guess he hit his head or something uh, too
1: hard. I don't know if it was before he went out or when he was in the match. I think he might have hit his head on the post or something and it knocked him silly. silly. Uh, I don't, I'd probably have to watch it again, but um, yeah, but. I digress. I, you know, it was, it, 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 I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook about how people wish it was a little bit better send off, but you don't know if that's how he wanted it to be done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought, I thought the, the image of, of Bill Moody, um, Paul Bearer was
0: mm-hmm.
1: freaking awesome.
0: That it was totally fun.
1: unexpected. Um, you know, but um, it, that was that was a great that was a great tribute for both of them. And you know, I, I'm surprised that Brother Love never didn't wasn't introduced because yeah. he was actually his first manager. I'm surprised Dibiase wasn't there. That
0: would have been cool,
1: you know, because he yeah. was the one who introduced him. Yes. <laughs> so a lot, lot of lot of things, but who knows? Maybe those guys didn't want to travel. I don't know. Um, you know, but it is what it is. They did it how, however, that was. Talked about being done and, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, he had uh, one hell of a career, one hell of a streak. Uh, a lot of people's hymned and hawed about, the, about him uh, losing the Brock. Um, but if he didn't want to do it, then he wouldn't have allowed it to happen.
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed how they did it. I mean, I don't know how else you could have done it. I mean, yeah, no fans actually in the arena. But, yeah, it was kind of peculiar where all the guys just left and they disappeared, then Vince came out after the video and Vince did the intro and then he disappeared too. But, yeah, I pretty much agree with what you said about the whole send-off. I, I really liked how they did it. and the, the hologram of Paul Bear was definitely a great touch as well. Yep. All right, uh, we'll get back to maybe talking a little bit more about Survivor Series later on, but the main reason why we have you on is we to talk about you and your career and and what you've done for local wrestling in the Chicago area. Uh, So you've been in the business for just a little over 30 years now, correct?
1: Yeah, I broke in in April of 90, had my first match in July of 90 after training for three months. Um, That first match was at the uh, Brementown Mall down in Tinley Park, which is no longer there anymore. Used to have that great one. Um,
2: it was like one dollar movies back then. Like I, on, like I guess, Thursday. yeah. yeah.
1: I, I was. I grew up on the northwest side, um, uh, Albany Park. Okay, uh, all right, all right. But um, yeah, so that was the first match, and and it wasn't even, it wasn't even. I wasn't even scheduled. Uh, one of the turbos one uh, well, of the twin turbos didn't show up. And Mike Grasner had told me on Thursday night at practice to, you know, here's here's the directions, get there by 9.30, 10 o'clock. And I got there at like almost 10. And he comes up to me and says, uh, do you have your gear? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, come on. And I'm like, okay. So he brings me into the locker room and there's Frank the tank and yeah, I don't even remember who else was there. Um, the Dream Warriors. Um, wow, um, a lot, most of the guys. But I remember I was getting dressed, and Frank the Tank came over to me, Frank the Tank Nelson, and he was like, "Hey, kid, put your hand out." And I put my hand out, and it's shaking. <laughs> so there were, and then and then there was talk about them possibly having us go second, but we wound up opening the show. I wrestled. Um, Jiggle a Johnny Mercedes. Now, mind you, we're in separate dressing rooms, not like it, not like most of the time it is today. I actually almost hundred percent of the time, uh, with the exception of maybe in Tennessee, uh, you're in the same dressing room. I was in we were in separate dressing rooms on opposite sides of the mall, and um the only thing I knew was that I was getting pinned with the perfect plex that that's all I knew. I didn't even meet him, shake his hand, nice to meet you, nothing getting a ring and here he comes along with the zebra kid and um (laughs) um good luck kid yeah yeah pretty much i mean he called the whole thing and the only from what i understand he was told that i knew the basics and just just call the basics and that's what he did and you know i've i've said this in in private uh and then also i um mark uh gigolo johnny mercedes um uh, wake because he had passed away a, c- uh, a couple of years ago, um, he could have done whatever he wanted with me, um, but he was gracious, he was humble, he was very giving in the fact that he allowed me to, you know, hip toss him, arm drag him, drop kick him, chop him, uh, you know just again, all the basic stuff, uh, that, that you would see in a normal wrestling match, as opposed to all the flippity flop stuff and spot, spot monkeys of, of today. Uh, he could have just like, you know, pounded on me and pounded on me and pounded on me, maybe give me a sunset and then pounded, pound, 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 pound. And he didn't. I mean, he made me look like a star. And at that, at that moment, after it was done, um, I, I didn't realize it until years later, and it was about three weeks be- later after that match, I um, I finally met uh, the zebra kid Kevin Clark, and he was in the school without his mask, and he was like, um, "I was a guy w- with Jiggle with Johnny Mercedes." I'm like, "Oh, okay, hey, nice to meet you. Thank you very much." You know, yada yada yada, <laughs> and um, I because I mean, he looked completely different without the mask on. <laughs> so, and and that there became. Uh, that I, I mean, I became friends with everybody that was there. Um, everybody that came in after, um, I still keep in contact with, um, you know, the dream warriors, um, uh, brood is, is still alive. Dennis, um, uh, Dave unfortunately took his life about five, six years ago. Uh, the twin turbos are, I, I still talk to a lot. Uh, I was actually out to dinner with Steve a week ago, Saturday, um, I hear Mike Sampson is another guy uh, from the Chicago area that I still keep in contact with. Uh, and and you know, all the guys that came in after me, uh, I'll name them off Mike Anthony came in after me, Jimmy Blaze came in after me, um, uh, Sexy A Steel, uh, Chris Guy, who is now a, uh, a, a trainer down at the Performance Center. Um, yes, Adam Pierce, you know, all these guys I've had. A little bit of help in and in, in training and working with them and showing them things and and you know you look at where Adam Adam went to you know working up at Steel Domain with with Ed Helier and and Mick Harch up there in the St. Paul Minneapolis area along with CM Punk and uh, Danny Dominion and 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 uh, Adrian Lynch and then um, uh, he goes out to the west coast he moves out to San Diego and. He he hooks up with Dave Marquez, who's running uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood, and he eventually becomes the NWA champion and is rubbing elbows with Flair and Bockwinkle and Heenan and and Harley and and now he is an he's actually a producer with WWE. Um, So the 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 whole I'm I'm not going to make a claim and say that you know they wouldn't be there. If it wasn't for me, I'm, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm, I, I, I'm very humbled to have been a very small, minute parts because a steel and I teamed together for like two years. I think it was Mike Anthony and I were married for like 14, 15 months. Every show that Sam had Sam DeCiro at Windy city, um, oh. he, we opened every show every show we opened for Sam for 14 months and, 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 and uh, let, that's why I said we, we were married
0: um, you and know, if I can interject real quick uh, yes. you mentioned Mike Anthony, uh, Battle of the Belts won I actually have the original program from that show and that was the one time I got to see you wrestle in person at the Chicago Amphitheater and yep. of course it was Trevor Blanchard and Mike Anthony for the lightweight title so there you go yeah,
1: actually it was, it was the title, but it was a trophy. If you remember the belt, okay. the belt wasn't made yet, but oh, Mike okay. had, you know, Mike had the trophy and, and uh, yeah, I mean, here's, 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 how, you know, my, my boys last night who are also in the business um, was, was asking, you know, what, what makes something go full circle? And I had told him, I'm like, well, I said, you know, Chavo Guerrero and I, wrestled each other in WCW in 97 or 98 up at the Dane County arena in um, Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Years later, my son is refereeing his match for Powell and in Berwyn at the Eagles club. That's full circle. I told me that's That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, and, and the other crazy thing is that, um, my dad took me to the amphitheater in like 80, 81, 82, so I was there for when Hogan beat Bob but then they reversed it the next day on TV. And, oh. um, uh, and they, I guess they did that in multiple, multiple towns, but, um, um, 10 years later, I'm in that same building in 1991 and I'm rest. I, I'm, I remember cause, cause there was two dressing rooms at the amphitheater. There's one downstairs. There was like two dressing rooms down there. And then there's the bigger one upstairs. And that's where the majority of us wound up uh, changing. I believe the first Battle of the Belts that I worked, uh, Nick Baku was there, and Sailor R. Thomas, and I believe they were in the one of the locker rooms downstairs, and Sam and Mike had the other one. Um, but it was like a it was like a locker room and it was a cement slab in the middle of the of the of the locker room, and there was carpet on it. And I sat down and put my bag down, and I'm looking around and I'm like, wow. Greg Gagne, Jim Brunzel, Bobby Duncan, Ken Patera, Bobby Heenan, Andre the Giant, Jerry Blackwell, Hogan, Bob Winkle, uh, Billy Robin, all these guys that I had seen
0: growing up sat in this locker room that I'm sitting in right now. Yeah, and actually, Ken Patera was at that show that I was just referring to too. Mm-hmm. He wrestled Lanny Poffo that night.
1: Yep, I, I it, yeah. you know it's full. That that's another full circle uh, for me personally. I, I was just in amazement, and you know, I, I I really wish you know that that building was still around, but you know. It is what it is, and, and yeah. all I have is memories of it and and nothing but good memories.
2: You know, Trevor, you, you talk about the history, and you seem to be very into the history of your business. You seem to be very into how you got where you were and how you got started, and then also how you treated people when they came in later. And I, I flip back right to the beginning here uh, when we started talking about your, your first match. How important was it early on that – you were treated well in that first match and that people weren't taking advantage of you and weren't beating you up and were, were actually uh, showing you how it's done so that later on in your career, y- you appreciated it more. I can imagine if you would have gone out in that first match or the first few matches and just been abused like the rookie and just pick on him, that it, maybe you don't have that same that same feeling that you had because it seems to have all progressed to, through this entire career that you had, because early on people took care of you. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wrestled.
1: Uh, you know, I wrestled Sonny uh, Sonny Rogers, who was also one of my trainers, besides Sam. Uh, several times. I remember when I remember when the Bulls won their first championship. Sonny and I wrestled out in uh, at a mall in Hillside, Illinois. I, f- I forget which mall, but um, I came up with the idea of. You know, I bought a, I bought a, a Bulls championship shirt, and and he wore it out, and I grabbed it and tore it up, and you know, it just small small things like that to to generate the heat that you need to need to get to make sure that things work smoother, and that's what I you know, like like nowadays when I'm helping Jimmy train at Powell or. If, if I'm, you know, uh, if I'm, at, if I go up to, uh, at CSW on a, on a Wednesday night, or if I go over to the Eagles club and, 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 you know, I'll, I'll throw some things out and, and, and the kids nowadays, they don't understand the fact that you have to do something to get a reaction. You just can't like put your hands up, you know, you, you, you have to interact with the, with, with the fans. As far as, you know, you have to let them know that that who you are and what and what you're all about and not so much yourself, but what you're planning on doing. Because case in point, I was managing my son, Kyle, and his tag partner out in Michigan with Eric Freedom out in, out in Cadillac, Michigan a couple of months ago. And he's gotten some heat working as a heel, um, but he never got the heat that I generated for that. And he was like, holy, when, when we got back to the locker room, he was just in disbelief at how how much easier it made the match and how much little the babyfaces had to do to them to get the reaction. Because if you remember watching uh, NWA Worldwide and they came on with, you know, Dusty would call out Flair and Flair would go out. And, and what was the crowd reaction when Dusty would like, you know, flip flop and fly and give them the elbow. They went bananas.
0: Yes. They don't,
1: they don't do that anymore because you're not, because the kids aren't trained on how to do, uh, the, 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 or trained to understand how to get the, how to get that reaction. Because like I said, when, when we were in the ring, I grabbed the mic and I says, you know, I haven't been in a Grand Rapids area in like, you know, 15 years I said you know the the men are still ugly and fat and the women are fatter and uglier you know and and they're you know this crowd started you know getting up and getting up and I'm like you know it's a good thing that they're not selling corn over there at the at the concession stand I said because everybody having two and three teeth and you know I've seen cows that that look better than half the women sitting in front of me um and and then and then I gave the mic back to the ring announcer and I looked outside and there was this really heavy set woman sitting at ringside and I'm, and I yelled at her and I'm like, Hey, get up off that, get up off that chair and let it breathe a little, will you? And I, and my son heard it and he started <laughs> laughing and I'm like, cover up. You're not supposed to be laughing. <laughs> so, but, and then when, when, the, when the babies came out, it just made their job so much easier. And, and, and I think both his partner and, and my son Kyle finally realized, wow, you really don't have to do as much as a lot of these guys are doing in a ring to get the reaction that's either the same, if not better, if that makes any sense. Yes, indeed. And one of the things so, that we always say is less, and less is more. Yes. Le- less is more.
0: Because we had that conversation a few days ago. We were actually talking a little bit about the same thing. Yeah, less is more, you know, you know. Don't you don't have to go flip floppy all the time? I mean, just get some heat, and then there you go. You can tell a story from there. I really like yeah. that uh, that way of doing it. Uh, now um, you mentioned you wrestled Chavo Guerrero in WCW. I was going to throw my hand throughout the WCW days for you. Um, I assume you were just brought in to do some like television stuff with like Fit Finlay, Wrath, Disco Inferno, people like that. Correct? Correct. Um... It was, by, it was by chance. I was
1: at the, uh, and I don't know if you guys remember this, the, the Bally's Health Club. There were, there was, well, there was one out at, um, on Cumberland Avenue by the Kennedy Expressway. Well, I was, I was there um, working out, and I was getting ready to leave, and I ran into Terry Taylor, and Terry Taylor I had worked with in the AWF. When that was up and running, he was doing commentary with Mick Karch, um, and I'm like, Hey, Terry is like, Hey Trevor, how you doing? Nice to see you. And I says, Hey, I said, you know, and they were doing a nitro that night. And he said, are you, I asked him, I said, are you guys pretty much set for, for extras for tonight? He's like, yeah. And, and up walks Kevin Sullivan and Terry introduces me to Kevin. And Kevin is like, um, you know, do we have your number? And I'm like, uh, no, sir. So I gave it to him, uh, both to him and, and Terry. And, um, He was like, if if we need you, we'll give you a call tomorrow. So I'm like, okay. So I work, went to work on Tuesday, didn't hear anything, went to bed. I was off on Wednesday, and uh, I get a call like, I don't know, it was like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, and it's Terry Taylor. He's like, Trevor, it's Terry Taylor. Can you make Green Bay tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, what time? Be there by 4. I'm like, okay. So I didn't sleep much the rest of the night because I'm like, cool, I'm working, I'm going to get paid. <laughs> so <laughs> went up there, and uh, that was that was the match that I wrestled the Disco Infernal. Uh, that was the first time I had done TV with them. And then they needed me to do another match, and I worked uh, Mike Enos from um, the Destruction Crew in AWA no, and America, Beverly Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and it was really weird because it was my first uh, encounter with um, uh, Brian Hildebrandt, Mark Christopher, uh, the referee, Mark Curtis. or Mark Curtis, yeah, Mark Curtis, he comes up to me, he's like, Trevor Blanchard, nice to meet you. And I'm like, w- yeah, hi, nice to meet you. He was like, I've seen you in the magazines, you know, like Wrestling World and and whatever else I was in, I, which I wasn't aware of. He was like, yeah, yeah, he was like, you started in Windy City, right? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, and he's just talked to me like, you know, he knows all these things about me, and I was kind of like, Wow, here's some guy on a national stage who knows who I am. I thought that was really cool. So <laughs> he he was actually the referee with uh, the match with Mike Enos, and I don't know. For um, um, I told Mike that I had trained with Sonny Rogers. He's like, "Oh, I love Sonny. I love Sonny." And you know, how's he doing? Yada yada yada. And he's like, "All right, you know, we'll we'll just we'll just go out there and have some fun." And uh, the the finish was a was a power slam off the ropes. And so he gives it to me and he pins me one, two, three, he gets up and Mark, Mark raises his arm and he comes down and he picks me up. He's like, take another one. I'm like, okay, throws me in. Boom. Gives me another one, picks me up, take another one. And I don't know if it was cause I was jumping right or whatever, but he was like, God damn it. And he was like, these are the smoothest I've ever given to anybody. And he basically, <laughs> kept giving them to me until Mark Curtis revert. And he told him, he's like, revert decision, raise his arm. I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) Now they didn't put that on TV. They cut that. They edited that out, edited that out. But in house, I actually got a victory. (laughs) I actually got a victory. So um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of a cool moment. And then, um, so I worked, I worked, uh, those two guys, like you said, Rath, Chabble, Fitz Finley, uh, hard work, Bobby Walker, Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. uh, I think. I think that was it. I was the fake Sonny Ono on a nitro from Rockford with Buff Bagel when he was in blackface. when he was doing the uh program with um uh Ernest the Cat Miller and I'm Sonny have Ono. To check that
0: out. Oh my yeah, God.
1: it's some. It's I think if if you look it up on YouTube, it's Buff the Cat. I think it is.
0: Okay, so, to check but out. um,
1: but yeah, I mean, uh, I had I had um. Uh I had, I had a really good time uh working with with WCW. I mean the first time I worked with them in Green Bay, uh, that first taping with uh, Enos and uh, Disco was uh I got paid $150, which you know, whatever that's fine. Uh by the end when I was working with them, uh I was I was getting 500. So if I did if I did a pay-per-view Monday nitro, Tuesday night Titan and Wednesday night, um, uh, Wednesday, Saturday night taping, I was getting a check for $2,000 two weeks later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Besides my,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Besides my regular job and and the other bookings that I got, um, basically at the time I was married and, um, uh, you know, it paid for our bill. It paid our bills. We used it for vacations. Uh, we were constantly going up to the Dells and, um, you know uh yeah so it was it, um it was, uh, it was uh, one of the times uh they did a uh, they did it I wasn't in Indianapolis but they wound up going to Peoria for a house show on a Wednesday night and I drove down there and and um I wind up um, um getting to the arena and Arn saw, him, saw me and he was like hey kid he was like you got your gear and I'm like 'Cause I would never bring my gear in unless I knew I was booked or if, you know, I was I was told to go get it and Arn said, Go get it. And I'm like, okay. So I went and went and got my gear and came back in and he comes over to me. He's like, look, he's like, Sarge Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker's back is bothering him. We're not sure if he's gonna if he's gonna go. He's like, if he doesn't, you're gonna be working Benoit. And I'm like, Oh, that's oh. flipping awesome, right? <laughs> so so Juan uh, decides to go out. I think they went like two minutes and they ended the match and they're carrying him back. And he comes through the curtain. He sees me and is like, I'm sorry, kid. I should have let you work. <laughs> so, so after, after that point, you know, I, I was like, you know what it, again, it is what it is. If it was meant to be, it would have, you know, it would have happened. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, saying bye to everybody. And RNA asked me, he's like, uh, he's like, Hey, how far is Chicago? Now Chicago, I was living out by the airport, so it was about a good two and a half hour drive uh, from mm-hmm. O'Hare. And uh, he says, "How far is Chicago from here?" And I, I, I lied to him. I said, "That's eh, about an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes." He's like, "All right, I'll tell you <laughs> what." He's like, I'll "Tell you what. If we're within five five hours of Chicago, he's like, I want you at the show. He's like, if you work, you'll get a check two weeks later. If not, make sure you." Fill up on gas, give me the receipt, and I'll double your gas. And if you need a hotel room, I'll make sure you get our discount. discounted rate for the room. I'm like, so okay. Yeah. So it was a handshake agreement with, with Arn. And so whenever they were here in the area, I was always there. You know, I, I, I don't know if you guys have heard a lot of people say, oh, I, I'm name dropper or this and that. And it's like, you know, I wouldn't be there if I wasn't given the okay.
0: Yeah. You know, I think it's really cool that you, you have a lot of stories and you've connected with a lot of people over the years. And we can talk for hours and hours and hours, but we're running a little short on time. And but before we let you go, I just want to, real quick, your take on the entire Survivor Series event. What stuck out for you? I mean, other than the Undertaker stuff we talked, to, talked about at the top, what was the best thing that you saw? What was the worst thing that you saw last night? Um, I
1: liked, I liked the girls match, um, uh, Sasha Banks and Asuka. Asuka, yes. Um, I thought that was pretty well put together and, and how it ended, uh, how she was able to, to get the pin, uh, the other match that I thought was really cleverly booked, was the Survivor Series match with the girls between uh, Raw and SmackDown, where yeah. Lana wound up winning it because she was told to stay on the outside, not get
0: involved. Yeah, you know, that, it was, pure, that was pure out, genius. And, yep, that was definitely <laughs> a little bit of a different finish. Anything that you saw that was kind of less than up to snuff for you? Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm
1: an old school guy, old school, as you can tell in my thinking and my thought. And, you know, matches are not like they used to be where right. you can go 20 minutes, 35 minutes and, and tell a story. Um, you know, I, I, everything's, everything's so rushed and even angles are rushed. The only time they're not is from. There's some, uh, from the Royal rumble leading into mania. That's the only time that, that angles are like drawn out and, and given time to build and, and given the interest. Um, everything's too rushed nowadays with, with WWE. Um, yes, I agree. Um, uh, you know, AEW has got a great thing going on. Um, uh, and, and I'm actually involved in that. I, I, uh, I'm the Midwest guy to bring the look, the extras to those shows. So uh, Matt Duar and uh, uh, GQ uh, from Powell, uh, my son Brian Allen, and Flash Flanagan from Indianapolis uh, uh, were at the Indianapolis show about a year ago. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember
0: the, seeing it, Matt, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, so they were all carrying uh, Darby, uh, Darby Allen out in the body bag. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm the, I'm the guy, uh, that brings the extra, gets the extra talent, you know, Very together cool. for when it, whether if they're in St. Louis or Minneapolis or Iowa or wherever, but obviously nobody's touring right now, which sucks. Yep. Uh, yeah. so hopefully that'll, that'll change. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, um, it, it's, I, again, uh, everything's too rushed and, and, you know, one of the good things about independence, if you follow them, their storylines usually last a good four to six months, if not longer, if it's done right, when they're, when they're able to run. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, we can talk for hours. Unfortunately, we only have about half an hour. I do want to ask you, though, real quick before I let you go, promote yourself just a little bit. Uh, what are some upcoming events that you're going to be a part of and have a in? And also uh, any social media where fans can find you?
1: Um, well, I am on Facebook, but if I'm very cautious on who I, I, um, accept because if I don't know you, if I don't have something in common, not, and not just wrestling, um, because sometimes I'll post personal stuff. Um, so I don't accept every friend request that I get unless I know you, um, and and Chris, if you were to send me one, I would I would graciously accept it because we've had conversation and I have respect for you for what you do with Windy City Slam along with Mike. So
2: well, thank, I mean, like that that deserves an extra long cheer right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why they felt like the cheer needed to be longer. It goes on forever thank now.
0: You. But thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you, thank
2: you.
1: Still going. It's insane. Um, but um, upcoming show. I'm actually. Uh, I'm actually flying out sh- uh, Wednesday to Memphis, Tennessee. Both Brian Allen and Kyle Allen, my boys, uh, we're going to work for Burt Prentice and uh, USA Championship Wrestling in Jackson, Tennessee, at the Omen Arena. We're going to be uh, uh, Kyle and I are going to be wrestling in the Brian Christopher Memorial Battle Royal, two ring battle royal down in Jackson, Tennessee. Um, And then um, I know Pow has a show on the 12th back at Rumples up in um, Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, uh, along with Jimmy Blaze. It's actually uh, 30 years later, uh, Hardcore Craig is actually wrestling Eric Freedom. Their first match ended in a um, a double pin. I actually just watched it before uh, I wound up calling in here. Um, And then after that, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I'm very involved in Cauliflower Alley. Um, So... We're supposed to go back out to Vegas in April for that. Um, you know, fingers I'll give you guys crossed? Inform- yes, fingers crossed. I'll give you guys information on that. I'm very good friends with Brian Blair, the uh, president of CAC. I was, when I was in Tampa back in September, uh, he allowed me to graciously stay at his place for a few days before I uh, went to a friend's up in Melbourne, um so yeah if if you guys that are listening if you've never been to c a c you have to be there you have to go there once uh, and if you're a wrestler and or well if you're a fan you got to go there once and more than likely you'll like it and go to again uh, go again if you're a wrestler and you've never been there um go pick the brains of of guys that have been to you know Terry funk brian blair um there Bill, Bill Anders, Big Bill Anderson out of Arizona, there's tons of guys there that you can sit down, and introduce yourself, and they'll talk to the business, you know, much like me. I mean, I'm not as old as they are, but, um, <laughs> you know, um, the, uh, they've got knowledge. And, and the thing about this business, about this industry, you never, 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 never stop learning. Jimmy yes. still learns. I still learn. Um, it, it's always evolving. It's always evolving. Good, bad, or indifferent, it's always evolving. And, you know, one of the things I tell the kids if they're going to, you know, uh, a locker room they've never been, sit in the corner, keep your eyes and your ears open, your mouth shut, except when you're spoken to. The learning um, tree, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, you know, um, if you guys want to have me on, we can talk CAC next time. Um, uh, it's Cauliflower Alley uh, club.org. Um, yep. and, uh, you know, it's, it's a $35 membership or you can do to 300 for a, a lifetime membership. Uh, and again, it's in, it's in Vegas every end, end of April, first part of May, there's a wrestling show Sunday night and Monday night that I'm involved in, uh, that I help, um, uh, run, um, along with Billy blade and vendetta pro wrestling, uh, out of California. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great four days of, of you know, uh, rubbing elbows with guys that have been in the business a long, long time and uh, longer than me. And, and um, you know, uh, there's not too many guys that won't give you five minutes or 10 minutes of their of their of their data to, to answer a few questions and, and take a photo. So.
0: That, that is so awesome. And thanks for talking our ears off today, uh, Trevor. <laughs> we appreciate the time. Uh, we got to wrap up, but we yep. will definitely get together again and talk soon.
1: All right. Thank you guys uh, very much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to uh, be a part of this. And uh, you guys have a great afternoon. All
2: right. Thanks, Trevor. Great stuff. Right. I have so much more I want to ask him the next time he's out. Let's <laughs> do a double episode. This is Windy City Slam. Our thanks to Trevor Blanchard. See you soon.